Where were you the day America lost its innocence? This coming Wednesday marks yet another anniversary of the September 11th attacks on America. Many of us lost friends, colleagues, and loved ones that day. Others still suffer enduring scars, both physical and mental, which are constant reminders of the act of cowardice that altered our nation's fiber, stripped us of so many of our freedoms, and forever changed our perceptions of the American way of life. Many of you listening were too young to remember what happened that day, and far too many who vowed they would never forget have done just that. Aside from those who witnessed the events firsthand, and the families of those loved ones who were killed and maimed that day, it seems our collective memories, like bumper sticker platitudes, have all but faded away. My production team and I have been digging through what's left of the archives of that day to bring you a, well, let's just say, not-so-subtle reminder. It's a short audio documentary we're calling Innocence Lost, The Day Time Stood Still. I encourage you to share it with your friends and with your children and grandchildren in the years to come. Let it serve as a record of truth, which has all but been eroded in our current era of censorship and political correctness. But I warn you, this piece is raw, real, filled with emotion, and completely uncensored. Like much of life, it's not for the faint of heart. So listener discretion is advised. And now, Counterthink Media presents Innocence Lost. The day time stood still. Miles and miles of sunshine today, nice as it can be across the northeast. Uh, rough sea still uh, from, uh, uh, from the chop from that hurricane, but other than that, it's kind of quiet around the country. We like quiet. It's quiet. It's too quiet. Around 8.45 a.m., the people along the west side of Manhattan heard a piercing whine of a jumbo jet making its way down the Hudson River. Those who witnessed the scene instinctively realized everything about it was wrong. Heading down an airway normally reserved for northbound VFR traffic, it was much too big, traveling much too fast, and much too low. Nearly 500 miles per hour, at an altitude of just 900 feet, more than twice the speed permitted for an aircraft flying that low. It took less than 90 seconds for American Flight 11 to travel the entire length of the island of Manhattan. A little after 8.46 a.m., the huge aircraft weighing 283,600 pounds, traveling at 465 miles per hour, carrying approximately 10,000 gallons of fuel, flashed across the remaining 20 blocks from Canal Street to the World Trade Center. and tore through the massive North Tower between the 93rd and 99th floors, killing all on board and wreaking incomprehensible carnage across the six whole floors of the building. I heard the bang. I thought it was thunder. He goes, look outside. I looked outside. I said, oh, it looks like a plane hit it or something. 
Battalion Chief Pfeiffer made the first official report. We have a number of floors on fire. It looked like the plane was aiming towards the building. Transmit a third alarm. We'll have the staging area at Vesey and West Street. As we swung around in front of World Trade, my mind tells me, wow, this is, this is bad. The impact severs 47 of the building's critical perimeter support columns and damages another two. Rivers of burning jet fuel pour out of the severed wings down the elevator shafts to the floor below, incinerating anything and anyone caught in its path. Smoke, fire, and wreckage cutting off all escape routes for those in or above the impact zone. Although all the levels were designed to be smoke and fire resistant, blindingly thick plumes of acrid smoke ripped their way through the remaining upper floors in minutes, making it almost impossible for those trapped inside to see or breathe. Witnesses on the upper floor of the South Tower we're stunned to see a wall of flames burst through the windows of the North Tower, less than 130 feet away, followed by a shower of disintegrated desks, files, computers, airplane parts, and burning bodies. If you were in the floors below, you saw the ceilings cave in. You saw the glint of the airplane as it impacted the building and you felt the shockwaves ripple through the building as it physically moved off axis, swaying over 20 feet in each direction. Close to the impact zone, there were people who lived for long, horrific minutes as they sought refuge from the smoke and flames and scorching heat. Many, in the last few moments of their lives, had the presence of mind to phone their loved ones or made desperate calls for help that would never come. Good morning, Mother of God. Hey, Good morning, have a good day. Hi, what's your number again, please? Hey, oh, God, I'm on the 83rd floor. Hey, six, what? I'm on the 83rd floor. Now, now, tell them the 86th what? 86th, 9-5. 86-9-5. She had the World Trade Center. Someone having difficulty breathing on the 83rd floor. Okay, ma'am, how you doing? Is, is it, is, are they going to be able to get somebody up here? Well, of course, ma'am. We're coming up to you. Well, there's no one here yet, and the floor is completely engulfed. We're on the floor, and we can't breathe. Okay. And it's very, very, very hot. It's very, is it, are the lights still on? The lights are on, but it's very hot. Ma'am, ma'am. Very hot. We're all the way on the other side of Liberty, and it's very, very hot. Are you lights, did you can turn the lights off? No. No, the lights are off. Okay, good. Is so how many people where you're at right now? Five people here with you. All of us on the 83rd floor. 83rd floor. Everybody's having trouble breathing? Everybody's having trouble breathing. Some people are worse. Some people are unconscious. Everybody's awake. No fire for now and no smoke, right? No smoke, right? Of course there's smoke. Ma'am, ma'am, you have to stay calm. There is smoke. I okay. can't breathe. Okay, you stay calm with me, okay? I understand. I think there is fire because it's very hot. Okay. It, it's very hot everywhere on the floor. Okay. I know you don't see it, and I know, but we, I'm going to document, I'm documenting what you say, okay? And it's very hot. I see no fire, but you see smoke, right? It's very hot. I see, I don't, 
be any air anymore. Okay. All I see is smoke. Okay, dear. I'm so sorry. Hold on one. Stay calm with me. Stay calm. Now, just, uh, listen, listen. The call is in. I'm documented. I'm going to let those... Hold on one second, please. I'm going to die, aren't I? No, 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 no. Say I'm going to die. Lynn, Lynn, say your prayers. And we're not going to die. We're going to think positive because you got to help each other get off the floor. I'm now, die. I know. Look, stay calm, stay calm, stay calm, stay calm. Please, You're doing a good job, ma'am. You're doing no, a good job. You're it's so calm. hot. I'm burning up. Oh, my God. I just want to let you know I love you, and I'm stuck in this building in New York. There's lots of smoke, and we just wanted you to know that I love you. But what is... By 855, an army of firemen, police, emergency service personnel, and government officials, including the mayor himself, were rushing to the scene in Lower Manhattan. They were followed by another army of almost equal size of television news crews, cameramen, photographers, and reporters as the apparatus of the largest media operation in the world focused their attention on the events unfolding in a small 16-acre plot of ground in the largest city in America. At 9.02 a.m., little more than 15 minutes after the initial attack, while millions of people in the New York metropolitan region and tens of millions of television viewers across the world were staring intently at the smoldering icon of the New York skyline, a dark shape appeared over the skyline of New Jersey and came hurtling across the Statue of Liberty in the Upper Bay. Freelance cameraman Steve Vigilante captured those astounding next few moments on tape. Holy shit, Martin. That's the other building. That's terrorist. Other building? That's terrorist, bro. That's fucking terrorist. Holy shit. Oh, my God. That's terrorist, bro. According to Seismic Records, at precisely 902.54, as millions watched, United 175 slammed into the South Tower, cutting a swath through floors 77 to 85 of the 110-story building instantly killing all on board and over a hundred more inside as it tore its way through. By then, the first teams of firefighters and emergency workers had already arrived at the base of the North Tower where they were greeted by a scene of horror and devastation that defied the imagination. On the Austin Tobin Plaza, there were burning corpses everywhere the mangled bodies of men and women that had already fallen or jumped from the upper floors of the building, and the charred remains of the passengers of Flight 11, some still belted in their seats. 1,000 feet above, in the upper reaches of the towers themselves, there was a clearly marked delineation between life and death. In the North Tower, the plane struck in the center, 
and because the burning jet fuel went immediately down the shafts, it created a more intense and fiercely smoky fire. Those trapped on the floors above were cut off from any hope of escape. And because they had nowhere to go, people broke out windows, desperate to get air. People were stacked four and five high, hanging out of the windows, just trying to breathe. Others, having already climbed out of the windows, clung to each other and to the metal on the outside of the building. And then, one by one, to the absolute horror of those looking on, they began to fall and jump to their deaths. About 15 minutes ago, bodies started dropping from the top floors of the uh, tower closest to the highway. And uh, it, was, it was absolutely terrible. Obviously, they had two choices, to be burned into, in flames or to uh, leap and end it all. By 9.30 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, ordinary life in New York City had all but ceased as millions of New Yorkers and millions more around the world looked on in shock and disbelief. But the horrors of that day were nowhere close to being over. The World Trade Center, tower number one, is on fire. The whole outside of the building was just and every available ambulance to World Trade Center now. And a person comes running into the office uh, saying explosion, explosion, explosion. His skin was pulled all from his armpits all the way to the top of the fingertips and pieces missing off his face. He says he's at the 105th floor at One World Trade Center. The window for the World Trade Center is I am on the 100th floor of the World Trade Center with 30 people, northeast corner. Okay, you, let me get to, you at 100 floor? 100 floor, northeast, 30 people in the corner. The smoke is very bad. Message number 51 concludes 0800 hours, 56 minutes and 12 seconds. American 11, climbing table level 350. American 11, Boston. Earth 7, Mike Lima, how do you hear? Mike Lima, has you loud clear? American 11, Boston. Okay, my name is Betty Ong. I'm number three on flight 11. Okay. Um, the cockpit's not answering. Somebody's stabbed in business class. And um, I think there's mace that we can't breathe. I, I don't know. I think we're getting hijacked. American 11, if you hear Boston Center, I can please or acknowledge. American 11, Boston. American 11, if you hear Boston Center, I can. I just weapon, Sergeant Powell. Hi, Boston Center Team U. We have a, a problem here. We have a hijacked aircraft headed towards New, New York, and we need you guys to, we need someone to scramble some S-16s or something up there to help us out. Is this, is this real world or exercise? No, this is not an exercise manifest. Okay, I think we need to scramble Langley right now, and I'm going I'm to take the fighters from Otis and try to chase this guy down if I can find him. Foxy, scramble Langley, head towards the Washington area. Approach. Hey, this is Dulles Approach Control. We're tracking a fast-moving primary heading towards the White House. The White House has been advised. All right, I'll tell them. Okay, I'll keep you advised. Okay. 
Crystal City, just north of Crystal City. Uh, just to the north of your town. Just that. Do that. Yeah, stop all departures. Stop all. Yeah, went in the Pentagon. Looks like it went in the Pentagon. we have is of a fire and smoke at the Pentagon. United 93, wind 3307, runway 4 left, clear for takeoff. Clear takeoff, 4 left, United 93. United 93, that traffic to you is 1 o'clock, 12 miles eastbound, 370. Negative contact, we're looking, United 93. Somebody call Cleveland. United 93, verify 350. United 93, verify your credible uh, 350. United 93, Cleveland. United 93, Cleveland. United 93, if you're at Cleveland Center, I got this. Alpha, Glenn, um, I only have a minute. I'm on United 93, and it's been hijacked uh, by terrorists who say they have a bomb. Apparently, they uh, have flown a couple of planes into the World Trade Center already, and it looks like they're going to take this one down as well. Mostly, I just wanted to say I love you, and I'm going to miss you. <laughs> United 
These are the first pictures we have in. Uh, this is from Somerset County, Pennsylvania. This is where the United Airlines Flight 93, this was a Boeing 757 bound from Newark, New Jersey to San Francisco. It crashed in Somerset County, Pennsylvania near the town of Shanksville. South of Pittsburgh, we are told about 80 miles outside of Pittsburgh. Noise coming from it, but the engines were running. Um, I then saw the plane coming down at almost a 90 degree angle, maybe an 80 degree angle. And the next thing I saw was a big fireball and smoke. When it come down over top of me, I seen it go nosedive straight into the ground down here. We heard this noise in the sky. My friend and I looked up and uh, said, what's that? And uh, just going over, basically over our uh, horizon of the hill was this plane. It was completely upside down is what it was. Uh, the tail fin was down and it was going in at a sharp ascent, probably more than a 45 degree angle, closer to a 90 degree angle. Next thing was over the horizon, there was a big huge fireball. But was, I'd say at least four or 500 feet in the air, fireball. The debris here is spread over a three to four mile radius, which has now been completely sealed off and is being treated, according to the FBI, as a crime scene. This is one of those cases where the pictures really do tell the story that sort of the most horrifying aspect of this particular crash scene is how little debris is visible. There is a large crater in the ground. That's really all you see is a large crater in the ground and, and just tiny, tiny bits of debris. There has been at least one report that the uh, investigators out there, and there are hundreds of them, as I said tonight, um, have found nothing larger than a phone book. When I took the call over, there was a soft-spoken, calm gentleman on the other end. He told me that there's three people that have taken over the flight. At that point, I asked him his name. He told me, Todd Beamer. He was from Cranberry, New Jersey. I wanted him to think that he still had a chance. I didn't want him to feel like it was just totally hopeless and he definitely didn't have a choice and he knew he was going to die. I didn't want him to have that feeling. I felt that he knew at that time because he had said, oh, Jesus, help us. And then he said, Lisa, would you recite the Lord's Prayer with me? And I knew that he knew at that time that it wasn't much left for him to do. They're all heroes in my eyes. They really are. They all pitched together, and they did what they thought was the best thing to do at that time. And um, I feel that Todd played a great role in that because when he told the guys, are you ready, I assumed that they were waiting on his cue. Then they responded to him, and he said, okay, let's roll. becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard, fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi, a master firearms trainer 
Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot. The most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Why do you guys do that? This is the uh, (laughs) second take because we're having firewall issues. Uh, Listen up, everybody. Uh, No complaints on last week's show, the September 1st show, about the volume. So I guess everybody clicked the link for Miracle Ear (laughs) and ordered themselves something. Or you can go on Amazon and they sell, you know those horns you put in your ear, Sandy? Hey, Hey, Hey. big horn. Remember that guy? Yes, you need one of those horns if anybody wants one of those. uh, We just left uh, out half the audience. uh, Yeah, at least. So we have a guest today. We have James Gramenos the third. Hello. How old do you be now, Jimmy? Thirty-five. And how long have you been with me? I got uh, socks going on sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> sixteen years. Uh, sixteen years. Only sixteen, 16 years. years. I got him when he was a young lad. Yes, he did. He also went all the way up to about four hundred and fifty pounds. Now he's about a hundred and eighty. 183. 183 pounds. We're the same? 183? Yeah. But I'm better looking. How many miles a day do you run? I'm younger, too. This is true. 10 to 15. He runs 10 to 15 miles a day. Without getting hit by cars. Yeah, he got hit by a car What are you running from? Cars. Cars. He got hit by a car a few weeks ago. Luckily, the car was okay, and our insurance covered it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What? The car was okay. Yeah, we get sidetracked. Well, you know, Aunt, can I say something real quick? Please, you can say anything you want. You're here so for the whole freaking show. I, uh, I want to say thank you to everyone that has reached out to me personally um, via text, email, phone calls, telepathy, whatever you want to say. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it was a big honor for a lot of you that don't know. Um, the NRA and nominated, uh, I guess, eight of us to be the uh, regional training counselors. Yes, and, let's talk um, about that. So you're you're District One, District One, which regional is the, training counselor. Which is yeah, the regional best. northeast. Uh, so again, I want to thank everyone for reaching out. Uh, it is an honor. Uh, obviously, it, it comes from Anthony, um, following under you know his guidance, um, and to pick me out of over you know 130,000 instructors um, in the U.S. To me, that that's a big thing. You know, I thought I was going to get a coffee mug and a T-shirt. I still didn't get that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's a big honor from the NRA to, uh, you know, have me be one of the regional training counselors. It just shows that we're doing something right here at Gun for Hire yeah. uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to the training side of it. And the other side of it, not so much. Well, well, I'm going to tell you something. Um, and it has nothing to do with my pull. Here's the deal. I've been on um, the NRA Education and Training Committee on, on and off for seven years now. I'm a board member. I have a one-year term. Hopefully, I'll get nominated and I'll get on for a three-year term because I'm not running by petition. I had said that last year. If the NRA doesn't want to nominate me and doesn't want me on, then I won't go. But Jimmy uh, followed my footsteps. I became a training counselor, then a senior training counselor, then a master training counselor. And because we were so prolific and so good, I mean, Sandy, that's how you found us. Bill Poole called you. You called Bill Poole down in Washington, D.C. I miss him. Yeah, Bill's a good man, good and man. Uh, they referred Gun for Hire. And what a lot of people don't know is after the Boy Scouts of America, Gun for Hire is the largest purchaser of NRA training materials in the United States, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the world as well. So w- we teach our complaint level is zero to non-existent from students. We get tons of repeat students from all over the tri-state area and further. So the NRA reached out to me many, many years ago and said, we're running some training counselor workshops off-site. Would you like to assist? 
So it was me and three NRA staff. The next workshop was me and two NRA staff. The next workshop was me and one NRA staff. And it went that way for a few years. So Jimmy, who was a young buck, followed under my footsteps, became an NRA instructor under me as a training counselor, became a training counselor in one of the workshops that I uh, hosted with NRA. And they took a liking to him because of his technique and his style and, and presentation. So then what happened was now I'm busy running the business, driving a desk all day, and the NRA would reach out to me and say, we're doing a uh, study on blended learning. We're doing a study on this. We're doing a study that would you like to come down to to Washington, to Fairfax, Virginia, and assist? And I was like, I, I can't. So I said, I'll send my, my number two. So I'd send Jimmy. I'm number one. He's number two. So I sent him. So for the past four or five years, he's been involved in, in all of, of this force-on-force train yeah. focus groups. He's been involved in all of it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, again, yeah. I want to say thank you for that. Uh, it, it, I, I've been going down two, three times a year to be part of these focus groups. Um, I don't even know what we're going to talk about. They just say, hey, I need you out here. We go out there. Uh, you know, we sit literally at a big round table. Um, one thing that we need to stop is the haterade, though. I'm telling you right now. Hmm. Um, the, Good luck. The, yeah, it thrives in the Second Amendment community. It, it yeah. really does. It's sad. Mm. It really is. It sure is. Uh, I'm not telling you because my position now as a regional trainer counselor, it's always been there, this haterade where you got to realize there's six people, six people in the training department. There might be seven or eight. Okay, that's fine. But when you have 130,000 instructors, right. if 5% send right. them an email or try to call them, well, my biggest complaint is you know, they can't get back to me in a timely fashion. You have to bear with them. All right? Um, that is the you know, division right there that really spearheads everything when it comes to training in the U.S. You know, there's no other training facility like that. Um, so you have to give them time. And, Sandy, that's the reason why – one of the reasons why – Hopefully now uh, we have these different levels. Mm. So basically um, those states that I cover, uh, they would report to me. If there's something I can't handle, I would bring it up to chain and I'd bring it up to you know Fairfax, Virginia. Hopefully it's something I can handle and tackle some of the workload um, because, again, the questions they get asked, it's so repetitive and so yeah. minuscule yeah. that yeah. you know they have bigger things that they're trying to accomplish. So um, hopefully we can uh, – you know, eliminate a lot of the um, the banter back and forth and, and you know, the, the, the negative side of it because uh, we're all on the same team. You guys talk about it every week, uh, and, and that's the thing. So hopefully with this new, this new you know, appointed regional training counselor, uh, that should help. And I'm still waiting for my mug and a T-shirt. All I got was this very long, <laughs> annoying email. But let's talk about this. There's eight regional training counselors. Under the eight, or how many training counselors? Twenty five hundred or so. No, there's so for training. You mean in the U.S.? Yes. No, there's training counselors in the U.S. You're talking about over twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand. Right. Wow. How many certified training instructors? One hundred thirty thousand. One hundred thirty thousand. So the so how it would work is if the instructor has an issue, he can go to the training counselor. If the training counselor can't handle it, he can go to the regional. So the way it's going to work is that there's going to be uh, for each state. There's depending on the size of the state. There's mm-hmm. state reps. Oh, okay. So um, most of them have two. A state like PA will have three or four state reps. Uh, and I would disseminate the information to the state reps. State reps would send it out to everyone else, but then it would go up to the chain. So uh, if you have an issue, you would bring it up to the state rep. If the state rep can't figure it out, they bring it to me. 
Um, and then from there, I would go to the hierarchy, uh, which would be Fairfax, Virginia. When they want to release something, just yesterday I got something to, to send out to everyone. So it comes to me, I verify it, then I send it to state reps. State reps take a look at it, and then they'd send it off to everyone as well. Oh, that's so, good. That's a lot easier. So we're still, Auntie and I, we're still figuring out who's, so uh, does Ant work for me now, or do I work for Ant? We're, yeah, we're, no, we're just trying to figure we're that fi- out. Yeah, well, I'm a board for- member, so ultimately he reports uh, to me yeah. in the end anyway. There you <laughs> go. There now, if I lose the it. board just, seat in April, then I, report, I report yeah. to him. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted I just wanted a cake. That's it. As soon as he, you know, I just want yeah. like a cake. That's, that's all, all I want. Something. Oh, you're going to get Anything. a cake smashed right in your face, especially after today. But that's another story. It's good. I think Now. These guys, listen, we all listen. There's a lot of stuff going on in Fairfax, but the NRA Training and Education Department is an entirely separate silo. And it's the foundation for millions of people. Mm -hmm. Besides the Eddie Eagle Gun Safety Program, besides Refuse to Be a Victim, which is training that doesn't involve a firearm, you have basic pistol, rifle, shotgun, and then you have all the personal protection stuff that, that he teaches, the higher level stuff. But this is the stuff that when people want to learn, we are the national standard for training. Yes. When people yeah. want to learn how to use a gun, they seek out the NRA. Of course, many states use the training for carry permits or whatever as well, like Connecticut. Uh, and I'm not going to get into that. He can, he can talk. Jimmy can talk about that. But, you know, if you want somebody to learn the right way and the right foundation and get a certificate and get training materials and get a book from an accredited nationally recognized organization the nra is the only way to go yeah. forget the politics right right forget the second amendment forget the vitriol forget all of that it's our job as instructors and training counselors that when Students come to us. We want to change that narrative that we're not the old, fat, white guy, sexist, racist, misogynist hillbillies. That's why our range looks the way it does. That's why we're so successful because Jimmy will tell you, we had 12 people in our basic pistol class on Saturday. Saturday, 12 people, every size, shape, and color. Who yeah. know, I don't know their sexual persuasion or religion. I really don't care. But the entire class, interracial couple, you know, minority women, men, children bouncing around the classroom or whatever. And we teach, and then what happens is they refer. Mm-hmm. They refer people back to us. But we, if you look at it, for you people out there that, that turn your nose down on NRA training, we look at our training like a pyramid. And the base of the pyramid, which is the widest that captures the most people, is the NRA basic rifle, pistol, shotgun right. classes. Right, absolutely. Now, we know that 80 to 90 percent, that's the only class they're ever going to take. Right. Some take it for motives to get a carry permit. The majority take it because they want to learn. Right. And most people are okay with the, that. That's enough. Now they can go to the range once a month or whatever, and they can shoot a gun, and they know how to safely handle it and transport it, et cetera, et cetera. And then we know there's people that are going to take the advanced NRA classes. Then they're going to take our advanced urban classes or whatever because people get hooked, mm-hmm. but it's not for everybody. So we all have to stick together because the NRA is the national standard for training. Yeah, and, and in regards Jim, to that, the when Ant puts it out there and says that they are – nationally recognized they they are because one of the discussions i had in my focus group and i'm probably gonna get yelled at for talking about it sorry uh mr howard but um you know he everyone in the focus group the the higher up said that the states approach them they never approach the state about a carry concealed permit or a non-resident permit since they're you know that all the states know that they're the most accredited 
you know, company to, to do this, you know, for training, um, they actually approached them. So they never went out of their way and say, hey, what could we do to offer a non-resident carry permit or a carry permit um, in your state? So they've never once been asked. Everyone always approaches them. So they are the the, the standard. They are the, yeah, gold, the standard. gold standard. Yeah, the gold standard. They are. I mean, they, they were the first training organization. They, everybody forgets how the NRA was started. Right. It was started for that particular purpose, for safety and training. Yep. 1873 or something? 18, 1876. Yeah. So and I, I should have known that, so I apologize, John. You're so, fired. That's it. So, so Jimmy. The Carry Guard, the Personal Protection Expo. How was the expo? You, you and Phenomenal. Bobby Prowse so, went for three days. I couldn't go because I was in Charleston. And So where do we start with the food or do we start with the, the seminars? Forget the food. What what what, what happened at the Personal yeah, Protection Expo? but I had the, the big Texas, you know, uh, state. No, forget it. Not now. Later. <laughs> later. This used to be called, we could talk about it at the last uh, segment. It used to be called the Carry Guard Expo. Now it's the Personal Protection Expo. Right. So yeah. what did you guys, tell us what you All did right, there. All right, so personally, um, you know, I, I do believe it's not because Bobby and I were teaching these classes, um, but our <laughs> classes were, were full because they were more relevant to the crowd itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, one class was a low light, no light seminar. Um, and in that seminar itself, you know, we talked about um, the different use of different um, mounted lights, um, different stances, different techniques. Um, and we went over each one. Um, and, and it was great to see that <coughs> in a state like Texas, everyone carries a firearm, right? So a lot of people were from Texas there, but a lot of them have never taken a low-light, no-light class before. So to, to Which is surprising, to, too, because you figure that's the most critical, in, in my mind, anyway, oh, yeah. is the most critical... Because if you're probably when it's going to happen, yeah, is it probably exactly, gonna, exactly what's going to happen. Exactly. Sure. And that's why it was a popular class. So when they reached out to me and said, hey, what classes can you offer? And I looked at the list. There's 120 seminars, and I'm like, "What? You don't have a low, you don't have a low light, no light seminar class? That's amazing!" Wow. So, you know, they had all the the right instructors to teach something like that, but for them to ask, "Hey, you know what? Let's run it." So, you know, we ran that uh, three days straight, uh, which was a, again a great class. And uh, you know, I actually I actually have video of the class itself. If Anne allows me, I'll put it on uh, YouTube. Yeah, please, you can give it to me to put on the Gun for Hire Radio YouTube as well. Now, <clears throat> by the way, guys, did you and Prowse get paid from the NRA to do this? We did not. Okay, did Gun for Hire pay for your flight? Gun for Hire absolutely paid for our flight. What about accommodations? And- and our our stakes that we had, and Bobby had yeah, surf and turf. By the way, Bobby Prouse was on last week's show, so right. you know he's our chief tactical instructor. By the way, Bobby, who covered the entertainment? I was just wondering. <laughs> yeah, what was that Showgirls <laughs> LLC charge for twelve thousand dollars? That the was way, in the Jerry? room. You weren't supposed to know. About I'm that. disputing oh. that charge. Uh, by the way, this is a, a, a public note for Bobby. Uh, I mean to tell you this, Jimmy. I want Bobby to sit down and come up with some more dynamic. Uh, classes urban classes but that's that's another because he has free time on his hand because he's retired yeah that's what happens with those retired shooting guys. while yes. being hosed down with a fire hose i, I still mm-hmm. want shooting from the shitter come up with yeah, a class you know, how many years we've been talking shooting about? from the shitter yeah, you know you, th- you could probably get a holster but that attaches to the toilet paper roll <laughs> <laughs> no I had it yeah, it. True. You probably could. right what about having dan ingram from new jersey concealment furniture make a toilet paper roll <laughs> holder that has this a compartment, and, and there's a gun, flashlight, and yeah. an extra mag or two well, in why there. Why not? Dan Ingram, New Jersey Concealment Furniture. Get on that. I want one. I want one in a gray, I'll uh, take one. A gray uh, <laughs> finish. Okay? So an- another Go ahead. Class I spent we, uh, a lot of time there. <laughs> 
another class that we did, uh, we did the top 10 drills for a concealed carrier. And uh, I thought it was a good, interesting class. They, they came back to Bobby and I and they said, hey, listen, you're coming down here to do one seminar. Could you do another one? So in my head, I'm like, why do they want us to do another one? So I'm going through the list, going through the list, and I'm like, all right, I see everyone else is only doing one. They want us to do two. I'm like, okay, it's, it's not a big deal. So, uh, you know, I said, going through that list, I don't see a class that actually goes over drills to practice at a range. At a flat range like At a this. flat range, yeah. right. So um, Bobby and I, we came up with, uh, you know, top ten drills. And this what, goes, what are some of them? Can this, you say? Yeah, of course. So, Hit us. So we went from the basic um, dry firing, mm-hmm. you know, level one, stage one, whatever you want to call it, uh, drill one, dry firing, um, all the way from different, you know, shooting at multiple targets, multiple threats, um, doing reloads, and things that you can actually do in a port without getting in trouble. Uh, so that's kind of where we geared it. We talked about different targets as well to practice with because, you know, a lot of people don't realize they go to the range, they'll send it out, you know what, 10 yards out, and uh, their grouping looks like, a, you know, a shotgun pattern. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I try to emphasize to a lot of them that that shotgun group pattern uh, with no stress is, uh, it's all right. But again, under stress, you know, and we try to give them induced stress as well when you take classes with us. They're um, happy if they just get a, bu- a bullet hole in the paper. Exactly. Correct. Exactly. So, you know, I try to explain to them, especially in the seminar, that, you know, when you go to the range, go for a purpose, go with an intent that you're going to be practicing something, uh, because I tell them that it's a perishable skill. It really is. Yeah, it really is. You know, and that was actually in my, um, in, in my, uh, my actual paragraph that uh, I sent to them to put on the uh, NRA website to promote the class that it's a perishable skill and it's something that we need to practice. So why not go to the range and practice these drills um, so you can feel comfortable? And ways to challenge yourself, I talked about, how you can actually just put yourself up against a timer, um, see your split times. That's uh, a good one. You know, just to just to see what's going on. You know, we have something the ball and big coming out within the next couple of months for training, right? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> From Israel. Wait, yeah, wait do you see? That's well, gonna we're we're going to be the only ones in the world that have it. You want to take your training to the next level. It's yeah. going to be proprietary for quite some time, too. Uh, but we're going to have something that's going to knock your socks off. Been working on this for, what, four years? Oh, lo- longer than that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we had a meeting about it last week, and... Uh, <clears throat> He comes up to me. He goes, do you remember what I do? I go, I kind of remember this, but I remember. He goes, wow, yeah, that was four years ago when we had our first meeting about it. Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, hopefully when that takes off in the next uh, couple it's gonna months. It's going to bloat it up, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, for training, it's going to be phenomenal. Um, but, again, going back to the seminar. Yes, please. Uh, the, the top ten drills for concealed carrier, I stress the fact that these aren't uh, these are drills that Bobby and I just said to ourselves, you know what, these are drills that someone should just practice in the range. Mm-hmm. So it's not in a, the, the Holy Bible. It's not, right. you know, you just go online, you find it. It's not. It's, these are just drills that we think that are crucial for you to practice at the range. Again, I recorded it. Uh, we can post it on um, on YouTube. And this is something that um, you can come here and practice. You know, as simple as just the, the basic draw stroke, just to practice a good, clean draw stroke. I stress the fact that you're you're – when we come to the range, we all have a certain tempo, and we need to find that that tempo that works for you, uh, especially when we're shooting. Um, I say tempo, and then all of a sudden, music comes. That's on. right. See, is that cue the tempo. See, it's just amazing. We's we, we going to talk tempo. more. Don't worry. We's. We's going to talk that? more. He's going to talk. W e e z. We's. Oh, okay. Were you ignorant? Ignorant.
want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse, and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only five feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her six foot four, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. And what better way to say I love you than giving the ones you love a gift to keep them safe? Lipstick Bodyguard. It looks just like a beautiful little lipstick, but just like a beautiful woman, it has the power to bring a grown man to his knees. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Just follow the link on the GunForHireRadio.com homepage. Yes, let's do some housekeeping. Jimmy runs his long-distance classes at the Shooter's Gauntlet. Shooter's Gauntlet is in Monroe Town, Pennsylvania. And check out ShootersGauntlet.com. Com. You will love Bob's place. And now he has a helicopter. He does. Hull, uh, yeah. by the way, that he blamed me for. Did Prouse tell you that? Yes. <laughs> he, blamed, he blamed me for it. So and check out so Shooter's Gauntlet. The next thing I want to talk about, this is important. Tony Gallo is running for Middlesex County Sheriff. He's been on the show, NRA instructor, That's NRA Jersey supporter, Middlesex County, New Jersey. Jersey. He's having a citizens rally in Avenel, New Jersey. And it's on Saturday, October 19th, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. And I'd be one of the speakers there. You be? Um, I'd be one of the speakers. Wow. So I want you to save the date, October 19th, 3 to 6 p.m. I'll be there hanging out. We'll have a lot of fun. That's I think we should have a lot of fun on that. Uh, quick joke. Uh, you know, uh, our congresswoman from Minnesota got caught, you know, in an extramarital affair. Didn't so know that. what did Ilan Omar's husband say when he found out? She was cheating on him. Oh, is that who it was? You know, who, know what she said? Know uh-huh. what he said? Uh-huh. I'm telling mom. <laughs> <laughs> 
So be- oh, before we get back, be- seriously, be- yeah, like that. Before we get back to Jimmy, uh, I offered our range for free in Vineland, New Jersey. The Vineland City Council and the residents in the community do not want ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, to come from Philadelphia to use their range anymore. Are you serious? Vineland has a town range that the police and local departments qualify in. ICE from Philly pays an $8,000 a year contract. They said that the people do not want they're 55 percent minority and immigrants which means illegals they're scared that when ice comes through they're going to arrest and prosecute and harass the immigrants you so they, they do wait, not wait, wait, aka do their job yeah they're afraid that oh. ice's presence will lead to raids detention and possible deportations so i did a rant uh, I, and I copied ICE and I emailed them. They're welcome. I know it's far, but they're welcome to come up to Gun for Hire and qualify twice a year for free. They can save the $8,000. So they can use it for not, transportation. Not that bad. Walter Haas uh-huh. chimed in on the Gun for Hire YouTube page. He said he will pay for the transportation for them to come up and qualify at my range. But what's going I want to talk about this for a second that but that the left is so unhinged. They hate law enforcement so much, but you know when they need law enforcement? Mm. Mm. Here we go. When they need law enforcement, right. yeah. when something's happening to them. Right. I had dinner with somebody uh, last night, and she told me, this was a friend of a friend, that she's not into guns, but in 1977, she was mugged in a subway in New York, and if she had a gun, she would have shot the guy in the head. But she's she's against guns, okay? So what's, what's going I, I on? Find, you know, I find that to be very – the people who are very vehemently anti-gun – are the people you don't want to have a gun. Here's what people are forgetting in Vineland and all over the rest of the country. The ICE officers swore an oath, and they're doing their job. They're doing their job. These men and women have family, children, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, uncles, lives. They celebrate Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa or whatever it may be. They want to go home to their families at night. They're doing their job. It's their job to apprehend illegals with warrants and everything else and put them in jail or deport them. Criminals. They're criminals, exactly. But no, we're making them the bad guys and the bad women here. This is a dangerous slope that we're headed yeah. down. It's Wait, a dangerous, dangerous slope. Take the the police confidence, law enforcement confidence has been getting chewed down yeah, year yeah. after year, day after day. Listen, is there bad cops? Of course, there's bad cops. There's bad in everything. Yeah. Okay, right. there's bad in everything. everything. But you know what? This is incorrigible that we're we're demonizing law enforcement in general for doing their job they want to do their job they want to go home at night to their family just like everybody else so i'm I'm tired of this that's the left's talking point i mean that's the law enforcement is still the only the the left used to be anti-government anti-big government now the left is pro-big government because every single one of them have government jobs correct you know the people who all said government is bad went and worked for the government and now you've got, well, Vineland, if you, it, the composition of Vineland, Vineland, I think, is New Jersey's largest city, but in, in square mileage. If you were to go to Vineland and call it, and you and I were to call it a city based on what our, you know. Uh, is it a blight area? It, it's a, a huge farming community. I okay. Mean, you, you're, you don't go through Vineland to get to anywhere except maybe Bridgeton, but. Um, I don't even know where the hell that is. Yeah, it's just south of Vineland. Oh. And and 
it's not like it's something you pass. You don't pass through it. You're mm. going to Vineland, Jimmy, or Sorry. you're going to Bridgeton. You know, you don't. There, there's really no way out of there other than the Cape May Ferry or to go back up to go across the Delaware. There's really no crossings that are down there. So it, it's a big farming community, and yes, most of the people down there are migrant farm workers, and yes. 99.9% are probably illegal migrant farm workers. And uh, the economy down there is all based on, on that. So, uh, but, uh, you know, we, we're talking about a state here who gives thousands of dollars a year to illegal immigrants to go to college. Millions. It was four million. Let's talk about that right now. Newark. They're drinking bottled water because just like Flint, yeah, Michigan, right. we have lead in the pipes. Right. There's no clear-cut fix. They say it's going to cost $220 million, which is probably going to cost $800 oh, million yeah, sure. or a billion when Absolutely it's done. Sure. But here's the deal. For you people listening, you should share this with your friends that vote in lockstep for the same people all the time. Mm -hmm. the, the people that get their votes out of Newark, the elected officials from Governor Murphy down, they don't give a shit about Newark because they know all right. of those people are going to vote in lockstep for those right. Democrats. Yep. Okay, right. If this was a community that was had different different funding or it was on the line if you could vote for Republican or Democrat it would have been fixed already yep. but these people are being used and abused our governor's giving away millions of dollars that we know about how many oh, millions yeah, that, that we, we know don't about. know right. about exactly, right. supporting right. these illegal causes right. and, and right. sticking his nose where it doesn't belong and those people are drinking leaded water in the inner city but every year they're given the same line of shit. We're going to give you free shit. We're going to get you tax yep. money. We're going to get you right. subsidies. We're going to get you this. We're bringing in more jobs. We're going to lower taxes. We're going to do this. Vote for us. Yeah. Vote for us. And they vote in lockstep. Vote you know for what? Councilman so and so or old Correct. So and so. And all eighty the seats of the assembly are yep. up this year. Everybody mm -hmm. who has their water affected by lead in the inner cities should vote the opposite. They have voted. In the past, right. that could send a message. Listen, the system's broke. Whether it's Democrats or Republicans, it's all about self-preservation. It's all about padding and lining your own pockets. Right. They don't give a shit about us. Right. Let's have. face it. Never have. Once a government gets over 25,000 people, it's uncontrollable. Absolutely. All right? And when you have a city like Newark or Trenton or Camden, it's uncontrollable. And that's proven. Co it's that's been proven. proven. Exactly. It's been proven over and over again. Like, which is why I think, you know, we make fun of Napa all the time because we call him the ambassador of New Hampshire. Yes. But New Hampshire has so many state representatives, Jimmy, that you can't – the average number of people you represent is like 1,000 or 1,500 people. <sighs> so think about that. If you piss off 1,500 – all you're going to do is piss off 10% of those Correct. people. Correct. And you got a problem. You're not going to be reelected. So it's the we're done. Theory. Yeah, we're done. Move along. So keep drinking your lead at water. Right. Keep listening to the narrative. Keep drinking your Kool Aid and don't complain. And they do. This is what drives me crazy. Is they continually pull the handle over and over and over again like blind sheep, and they pull the handle for the same people who have been screwing them for centuries. Yes. And yet they then they complain that the government sucks. 
Well, the government sucks because you put that same government in there. That's that's where ilk, the ilk of Cory Booker comes from. Yes. Ooh. Listen, that's why Trump got 65 million people because they felt they were disenfranchised. Let's right. face it. And they have been disenfranchised. I don't, you know, I try to explain this to my father-in-law, who's a lifelong super liberal Democrat. And I said, the people who got Trump elected weren't the Republicans. It was the pickup driving guy, hardworking guy. Uh, working class guy, because all you see in New Jersey is pickup trucks, work. You know, I mean, workmen, work. You know, contractors, contractors jobbers. Uh, you know, yes. yeah, journeymen. Those. Yes. And and they have Trump bumper stickers all over yep. them. And you look at it and you say, oh, I, I get it. I totally get it. Globalism is dead. Yes. Okay. Globalism is only for elites. Right. It's not to get reelected by the way. He is, and yeah. it's tough because you know he came in. The biggest thing in the world is the law of reciprocity, and the guy who was really, really good at that was Lyndon Johnson. Johnson got every piece of crap legislation passed, super liberal legislation passed from both sides of the aisle because everybody owed him political yes. favors. Where Trump is an outsider, outsiders don't make it work there. Nope. It, it, they will, both sides will attack you. Both sides want you gone because government, especially federal government, but government in general, is a self-licking ice cream cone. Yes. Self-licking. I love that. Self Jimmy heard ice cream. That's all Jimmy heard. Yeah, this room got very hot, by the way. It did? Yeah, it did. Why? I just went ant steaming right now. Oh, just, well, oh, I'm always oh. steaming because people, I don't know when anybody is ever going to wake up. The last thing yeah, before we get back into training with Jimmy, it's a week now. We have extreme risk protective orders and we have red flag laws. Please, everybody, mm -hmm. be careful. Like I said, if you have anything. Know what they are. Yeah, if you have anything suspect, if you have anything you shouldn't have, it should <sighs> be gone right now. Slingshots. Okay? Nothing should be around, okay? Nothing should be around anywhere. You should all have Switchblades, all of your stuff knives, gone. Everything okay? gone. Okay? Uh, and just be careful about this. Be careful what you say. Watch your social media posts. Yep. Uh, it's going to go to the Supreme Court eventually, and it's going to get struck but down. But violation going of due process. Yeah, lawyers interim. are going to get rich. Yeah, so absolutely I just true. want everybody to be careful. Our show two shows ago with the doctor mm -hmm. was phenomenal. Absolutely. It was fantastic. retweeted, yep. reposted yep. everywhere. Yep. Everybody yep. should listen. Yes. To that show, okay, this is 433, I think it was 430 or 431. And this is a psychiatrist yes. who was talking about it, who knows this better than probably anybody I know. Everybody should be listening to that show with extreme protection orders right now, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Jimmy, Talk to me. tell us about the classes we offer at Gun for Hire, the training, your Build an AR program, I, Build I, a I Bear. I want to, though, but can I just go back? Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can go anywhere you want. Anywhere, all right. So No, um, not there. <laughs> all right. So, again, back to the uh, top ten uh, drills for the concealed carrier. Please. Uh, as I was mentioning before, like, you know, um, finding your tempo at the range and proceeding with that and having that rhythm. You know, the bottom line is the basics are going to keep you in the fight, right? So if we could master the basics and the fundamentals and have that smooth as fast, fast as smooth, you know, scenario when we're, we're shooting, that helps a lot. Uh, one of the biggest questions I got asked a lot and stopped in the seminar was, was, well, what about my, my breathing, my breathing? You know, I tell a lot of people, if you're talking, you're breathing, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, they're saying, well, I I'm not as accurate when it comes to m my breathing. Well, l let's be honest. In a real-life scenario like that, you're not going to say, hold on, sir. Right. Stop at your national okay. rest. You know, it's not going to yeah. happen that way, you know? Right. So I, I like to um, 
and I kind of use this in my everyday life now. If I'm running, you know, 10 to 15 miles, whatever I'm doing, if I'm in a meeting with Ant, uh, I use the uh, Dave Grossman uh, tactical breathing method. Okay. You know, yeah. uh, brass, breathe, relax, aim, sight, squeeze, breathe, relax, aim, sight, squeeze. Uh, and that's what it comes down to. When I go through the motions, I go through that in my head, and it's just that breathe, relax, aim, sight, squeeze. Uh, and I find that my rhythm, my, my tempo. And you'll have that at the range, but you got to just, again, focus on, on doing it the right way. You know, Ant, yeah. uh, 16 years ago, Ant told me about, you know, repetition. And he, you know, he threw out this number a long time ago. He's like, it takes you 10 to 15,000 repetitions to do X, Y, and Z. Yep. It takes you 15 to 20,000 repetitions to break that old habit. Right. So now you're right back to, you know, 20 trillion repetitions. I'm like, where the hell did he get a number like this? Um, so, because I'm smart. Yeah. So, you know, one book I was actually reading um, by um, J- uh, J- Jaco uh, Wilkins or Jacko Wilkins, you know, he talks about the 10,000 hour rule. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost positive. Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. So, exactly. And that 10,000 hour rule. And it that's now it makes sense. You know, being with Anthony for so long, I kind of see where this is all coming from. Yeah. And, you know, he's a big, you know, reader buff. Uh, and he, Stupid books. Yes. Hate them. Stupid books. So, you know, that 10,000 hour rule, he, he stresses how, you know, these performers, the Beatles, you know, he even talks about Bill Gates. You know, um, who's that guy that has the phone that you like that died that I hate? Steve Jobs. Yeah, Steve Jobs, you know. That douche. That douche. <laughs> phone that you like. Spoken like you know, a true Android um, user. <laughs> you know, he talks about how they were ahead of the curve um, back in the 70s. Yes. Be- mm-hmm. But it was because the fact, you know, even when he interviewed uh, Bill Gates, Bill Gates says, that, you know, I wasn't that I was smarter than anyone else at the time. He's like, I had the luxury of having the first computer in front of me, the first this in front of me. Uh, being in Seattle, um, and, and at, you know, from from eight o'clock at night when I got done with school to four or five in the morning, I would be working on that computer, you know, building the programs. And he believes because of his his you know repetition over and over, building this the the software, gross motor skills, right, baby. He just you know he was ahead of the curve. It plays out in in pretty much everything, Jim. Because you know if you've got your basics down and you don't need all of them, like you said, there's ten. And I teach a lot of I teach a lot of seminars in in uh, in marketing in a very specific type, very hybrid type of thing, uh, where you're writing stuff that the body auto automatically just you know it's neural marketing it automatically just clicks in, and one of the old style guys used to call them clicks on a dial. And he used to say, it doesn't really matter what the problem is, whether it's copywriting or marketing or anything else. All you need is a certain number of clicks on the dial. And all you have to do is really know those clicks. And every single one of them is interchangeable. Each one of them can solve the problem. Just master one or two or three of them, and you don't. You can live there for right. the rest of your life. Yep. I think that's true, too, in, in like the drills. If, if you, like you're saying, you're doing the low light, no light stuff, if the things are going to happen at that particular time, if, if statistically, that's when it's going to happen. Low light, no light. If you practice the drills that are there, the gross motor skills will take over for the fine motor skills. It'll be rote. Yep. It all just happens. And like Ann says, you, you practice it repetition, 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 repetition. You're not going to think about it. All of a sudden, it's just going to happen. And mm-hmm. physiologically, everything is going to happen. You cannot beat physiology. 
You cannot beat your rise in your blood pressure. You cannot beat the, right. the, the auditory With drugs, you can. Yes. No, you can't. The drugs, you can't. You can't. Fight you or flight can't. reflexes. It's going to be there. Uh, time dilation, yeah, tunnel vision, auditory exclusion. Right. Bobby Prowse talked up hit on that last week, too. You, know, you, can't, you can't drill those out, but you can, exactly. you can work through them yeah. by drilling those. You know, it's funny because one of the questions I got asked during the seminar was um, about auditory exclusion if you were to get into a, a gunfight. So during the seminar, this was on the second day. So on the second and third day, I integrated into, into the, uh, to the seminar. But I asked a lot of people, especially in Texas, I go, how many of you guys and girls are hunters? And about 70% rose their, you know, their hand. I'm going to say, okay, well, this is what I want you to think about. When you're on <clears> that <throat> hunt, well, let's, let's go back one step. When you go to sight in your shotgun, your rifle, whatever firearm you're using for that hunt, you probably come to the range. You probably go to an outdoor range, whatever the case may be. You, ha you put on your eyes and ears, your, fire, your, your firearm you sighted in. Okay. When you go on that hunt now and you're in your tree stand, wherever you are, for hours and hours and hours, do you think when you take that shot you're putting your ears on? I go, how many of you actually take a right. shot without your ears? Right. But how many of you remember that my ears were ringing because they, they didn't ring? Right. Your body is amazing how that adrenaline dump right before you take that shot, right before you actually shoot at that animal, right? That the mind itself just turns that off, mm -hmm. the auditory schools. You ask the, the average officer that knows he's going to pull out his gun and shoot. He doesn't – his ears never ring. No. Nope. Everyone else around his ears ring. Right. Because his body knew, right. you know, his adrenaline knew, you know what, I'm going to shut down the auditory exclusion right. part of it, you know, right. which is, again, which is good and bad. Because yes, because the damage still happens to the ears exactly. no matter what. But we don't know what's going on around we don't us know, now. Yeah. We yeah. don't know what's going on. So, again, that was something that Bobby and I, we stressed, you know, um, and we've all been there before, especially that crowd being hunters. You know, they all experience auditory exclusion, all of them, mm -hmm. all of them, you know. Absolutely. Um, so when that comes on now, I stop talking or? Yeah, well, you shut up. Oh, okay. Ten seconds to make finish. And then I have housekeeping. Oh, housekeeping again? He's still with the housekeeping. Could you get the toilets at least this time? No. Because you missed the toilets the last time. Jimmy's going to give us some safety and training tips too. Safety and training. Yes, and then I got to pee. Oh, fine. Well, go during the break. You got a minute. For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience. It makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra-wide ports so two people can stand side-by-side side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well-lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well-lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out, and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled, which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction, and bullets can't escape. When you come out of the 50-yard range, to your left, you'll see our large classroom, and go back up to the concierge and make a right. We have two smaller classrooms. And those classrooms are for small one-on-one -on -one classes, our Build-A-Bear, building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our Platinum Lounge. 
they can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches, and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids and they'll do a handoff. To me, it's very important that people are treated like family, so the bathrooms are very high-end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full-length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom, you'll see the Gun For Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left, you'll notice our retail area. Over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. And we're finally back, and I want to talk to you about a couple of things. Don't forget, uh, Recall Murphy, help save NJ.com. Go on the website, see where the petition sign-ins are. Uh, we have one here at the range. I also cannot stress enough to everybody about the cheeseman Gillard case. I know you're all tired of hearing this shit from me, but listen, it's too important not to hear it. Their website, gofundme.com forward slash restore dash carry dash NJ. These guys, Cheeseman Gillard Factor and their lawyer David Jenton, have been pushing hard with this case, and it's self-funded. They were told by the big establishment 2A groups, move along, you little pissants, you yeah, got right, nothing to do right. here. And I'm a part of some of those groups. Now, I did get some of those groups to donate some money towards their cause. I donated. Walter Haas, many, many other people donated multiple times. Tony DiPietro, every time he gets an extra few bucks, he donates. They need your help. You're listening to the show. You live in New Jersey. You enjoy your gun rights. Their case is before the U.S. Supreme Court right now. Mm -hmm. Okay? And they did it on their own. On their own. They did it on their, on own. their own. So listen to me. Mark Cheeseman, solid guy, salt of the earth. Uh, Gillard, great, great guy. Jay Factor, I'm a little scared of him. He's, yeah, a, big he's a scary dude. guy. Yes. Yep. We're working on a show. We're gonna get uh we're gonna get what's his name back on the show? Nick Testaccio. Yeah. And we're gonna get uh Jay Factor on the show and that Mark Cheeseman. Yeah, yeah I, it looks like we're probably gonna do it in October. Jay had a wedding, Cheeseman uh, Mark sold his house and bought a new house. But we're gonna get the three of them and we're probably gonna do like two shows. Yeah, uh, we one taping. Shows. Yeah, those yeah guys we'll continue just, it out. Like in, walking encyclopedias. Yeah, I think that we should do a show with uh Cheeseman and Factor and Nick Testaccio, yeah. and then I think we should do a show with just Nick and Jay. Yeah, okay. Definitely. Now Nick Testaccio is writing an amicus brief uh, for their case as well. Oh, that's the Cheeseman Gillard wow. case. Yeah, uh, he's he's a great solid dude. So please GoFundMe.com forward slash Restore dash Carry dash NJ. Ten bucks, twenty bucks, fifty bucks. You know what? You were going to buy a box of ammo. Pretend right. you were going to buy a box of forty four Magnum ammo, brand new federal ammo. How much is that, Jimmy? Like thirty bucks. 
Forty, you said. Forty bucks, yeah. Forty, no, uh, forty-four magnum. Forty-four magnum. Well, yeah, depending on your hunting round, if not, but yeah, you can get it a little cheaper. All right, so donate twenty-five, Do thirty it. bucks. These guys are—they're not fighting for individual carry permits like other people have done in the past. Right. They're trying to change no. the the, the Sicardi right. rule and everything right. else that goes back there. Listen, there's a lot of cases in the fire right now, the NRA back cases, but this case is independent. The NRA obviously has the funding and the pockets. Please. Do it for me. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube because I've been getting shadow banned all over the place, so I need your help. While we're talking about the Internet, you know, red flag laws coming up. Let's just talk about uh, – I've been getting a lot of spoof emails lately. Jimmy, you're going to take over training again in a minute. But, what kind uh, of spoof So, email? like, open this attachment, fake American oh, Express oh. stuff and everything. Wow. So, listen to me. Uh there's what they call social engineering red flags. We talk about red flags all the time. A couple of things. If you get an email, do you recognize who the person is that sent it? All right? You should think about it. What time was it sent? Oh, all right? Yeah, all right? right? Three o'clock yeah. in the morning or whatever. Right. Is the subject relevant or irrelevant to you? Okay? Uh, the sender, is it included in an attachment? Do not open any attachments. No. Especially always, for you don't always know, have it checked out. Do not click on any links that mm -hmm. are attached to an email unless you know who that person is. All right, you got to be careful. You know, hover over a hyperlink. That's it. And, yeah, and, and see and, where it's going, and see if it's going to take you to a different website or where it's going to go. Look and see what the HTML code or the destination is on there. Look for any misspellings. What yeah, happens right. is spam filters look for certain words like, let's say, porno or sex or something. They will pur purposely misspell to get through your spam filter, yeah. to get delivered to you. These are little things. See if it's been CC'd to anybody else that you recognize. Sometimes they CC themselves, you know. Like we all get these emails like they send you an email like you spoke already. Hey, aunt, just following up on our email from right, last week. Yeah, I look, right. who's this douche? <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 am I right or wrong? Look, dude, True. come on. Right? We come from the neighborhood where we're going to do that, right? I mean, we're yeah. like, who's this asshole? But, there are, but you know what? As, you know, you talk about, you know, parents are hard to raise as people get a little older oh, yeah. they're not as sharp you're not focusing you right. click on it you or if open they're in it, the midwest they're, they're horse. trusting i've been getting uh i've been getting uh, a guy is giving me uh, i've been getting a ransom uh email ransom uh email once a week now from some douche that says he has video of me on Pornhub and doing this and he has my password send it to me right? send and it to me yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely yeah, i'll pay on, for that shit if i don't give him fifteen hundred dollars he's gonna go public with it really now i'm not even responding because i don't want to even do, but i don't care if he goes public if he has anything on me yeah, i want to see it i want to see it i don't give a shit you know i want to see what i could still do you're that. black yeah. and i gotta tell you ivan out there in the ukraine you're blackmailing the wrong yeah, guy yeah, okay yeah, i want this is good for my we, rep we just totally don't <laughs> yeah, give a crap you got the wrong guy <laughs> this is the, i have no jerry i have no jeffrey epstein skeletons no, in my closet no. anything i've ever done in my life was with a consenting adult right okay and i always tell everybody anything you've anything bad you've ever heard about me is probably true yeah, if he so. publishes it i'm <laughs> passing it around i'm reposting right, it i'm proud of that crap <laughs> So I, I wanted to cover that. I wanted to cover Jimmy at the end. We're going to go over some classes and stuff. But, you know, you have – you're the director of training here. 
We do on-site, off-site training. You do NRA instructor courses. You do all the NRA basic classes. You do the 1,500-yard long-range shoot. We do holster draw here. Uh, we do a ten, Etienne's a pen and knife. You'd have a taser class here. Seminars. Seminars. We do a ton of seminars. We work with U.S. Law Shield. The code for U.S. Law Shield is gun for hire. Correct. Gun for hire. Use that code for U.S. Law Shield. I speak at seminars. Spelled out of the uh, number four. Gun, no, F-O-R. Gun, F-O-R, H-I-R-E. So normal, right? I'm not. I'm smart. You ready? Hit him. Go ahead, Jimmy. Talk more about training and what people should be doing. Like th- now, you're getting physically fit. I talk about it all the time. How you know you could have all the training in the world, but if you can't run up six yeah. stairs without stopping to breathe. Right. Oh, real quick, uh, uh, a gun for hire supporter, uh, Boy Scout supporter forever. We used to let the Scouts merit badge for free going way back. Jimmy yes. Belleville, a good friend of ours, Mike Palanti, was uh, diagnosed with stage four sarcoma. Hmm. And he has days or weeks left to live. He's still on, uh, he's under Mike Guy under Facebook. He's been posting videos about love your family and cherish every last moment and everything. Uh, it's Mike Guy on Facebook, but his real name is Mike Palanti, a 2A warrior. Uh, I, I don't know how many Eagle Scouts became Eagle Scouts under his tutelage wow. over the years. And uh, stage four sarcoma. So everybody say a prayer for Mike Palanti, please. Yeah. All right, Jimmy, you can talk so about your he, training here, now. Here's the bottom line. We all want the glory. We all want what comes with, you know, owning a firearm. But at the same time, we we have to deal with the pain and get to the range and practice. Um, you know, we don't want to be stagnant as well. So even just doing a little bit of movement uh, inside the actual port. I'm not saying take the gun outside the actual port, but at the same time, just moving around a little bit because we were talking a little bit earlier about the uh, auditory exclusion. Well, at the same time, you know, that will help break tunnel vision by just moving a little bit, yeah. just a little bit, mm-hmm. just to break that tunnel vision. God right. forbid ever something ever happened. Um, you know, even the time dilation, all that stuff. Uh, what was that noise? My chair. Oh, okay. So, again, we would just break that, you know. See, I don't have auditory exclusion right now. No, I wish we did. Yeah. I can get you auditory exclusion. Yeah. <laughs> too bad you listeners don't have had a smell-o-vision because oh yeah. I had two it's black bean burritos last night. just great. Yeah, my shirt's Thank coming off, for sharing that. Yeah, that's so, really... Is that why the wall is peeling? <laughs> so, check out our classes, though. Um, we do have a little bit of everything. If you want to send me an email in regards to what you can practice at a specific range, because I know a lot of li- listeners um, are not from New Jersey, but if you want to uh, send me an email, it's just jimmy at gunforhire.com. Uh, I can assist you, and that goes with everything. I tell all my students all the time, uh, we have a open-door communication. Um, one thing that, you know, I do get my brain picked a lot about, um, you know, well, how do I do X, Y, and Z? I'm not going to lie. Anthony has sent me to a lot of schools. We've paid a lot for me to be educated mm-hmm. in a lot of these subjects, you know. We spent a lot of time on um, that. We don't believe time. in any one specific yeah. way of doing it's a things. Blended sort of we right. like to learn from everybody, sure. and you never stop learning. So Exactly. And, you know, we want to pass that along. Um, so if you want to reach out to me, just let me know. Um, there's something I can help you with. And that could be as simple as just picking out a holster, picking out a scope, whatever the case may be. I want to make sure you get the right equipment, the right stuff, so you can train the right way. That's what it comes down to. Um, but if you do end up coming to the range and you have questions, uh, come see me. I'm usually stuck in the NPR room, which is the multi-purpose room. A.K.A. his office. Yeah, uh, which everything happens in there. Um, so you can just stop by, see me. I can give you some critiques, some homework to do. 
because I'm a strong believer that just because you're not at the range practicing, you can still practice at home. You know, there's techniques and dry firing techniques that you can actually do. Obviously, with an unloaded firearm, please, everyone. Um, last thing I want to... Triple check and yes. make sure you know your mm -hmm. backstop. Yes. Uh, and that's something that I can give you homework to do to practice. And if you do, if you're having some <coughs> shooting issues in the range and I'm around, just, just pull me aside. Uh, even Anthony as well. You know, uh, even though he's the uh, old bull, uh, the old bull is always right. And again... Uh, he's mm -hmm. still deadly shot. I'm not gonna lie. He's still deadly shot. I've seen him slow, but deadly. Yes. <laughs> I don't have that speed anymore. No. Well, <laughs> to any of us. No. Well, this is true. This is true. Uh, if you want to become an NRA instructor, you got the best right yeah, here. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. we have classes Regional training up. counselor. Absolutely. This is the guy right yeah. here. Uh, it starts September 13th, which is in a couple days. BIT, and then pistol instructor September 14th. Shotgun instructor September 27th. We have rifle instructor, rifle instructor September 28th. He I run runs, him every three months. He runs range safety officer classes, chief range safety officer classes, all the urban classes. He handles the Atienza pen and knife. Uh, so you want it? We got it right here. The saw events. Uh, we have a saw meetup in two days, September 10th, and then another meetup October 28th, and then another meetup uh, November 12th. Second Amendment women, uh, Sherry and Sandra Muldoon. You want to come down and support them? Uh, Twenty-five dollar membership for that makes a great Christmas or Hanukkah gift. Yeah, by it does. The way. Yeah, absolutely right. Jimmy, I'm going to let you close it because uh, I'm gassy. Ooh, thank you all. You can and, wait outside. Uh, we love you. you. And no. again, just uh, wait. Who? We what are we doing? We're firing someone right now? No, I'm gassy. I oh, said. he's gassy. He's gassy. <laughs> Again, email me. We love you. That's and great. we're out. He's gassy. <laughs> oh, we got to get out of here. So the clock on the wall says it all. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for Hire Radio. Gun for Hire Radio is a kind of think media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music. On behalf of our lovable, albeit show host, master trainer Anthony Calandro and the rest of the crew here at Gun For Hire Radio we do thank you so much for listening see you guys again next week